Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with... Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change, it's the show that challenges reality, questions that we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. That's exactly what we aim to do on yet again this episode of The Secret Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. This show is going to make your head hurt. I I came into this information about two weeks ago. My head's been spinning ever since. I've been sitting here for the last 20 minutes or so reviewing the notes that I've been taking for the last week and a half trying to prep. It's been a crazy week with the amount of information that I've come into. Some of it, I feel, has been, you know, as some of us get the downloads, um, and then everywhere I turn, just more and more stuff is falling into place. It's been completely insane with uh, the dots that have been connected for me. And some of them are dots that have already been connected, but they're just being, I'm just being hit in the face so much stronger. It's, it's to the point where I, I was talking to Ray Davis about this. Somebody will mention this topic online and my, my heart begins to race because it's as if I have so much information. I want to say in my head, but it feels like it's in my heart, as weird as that sounds. Um, but that's kind of how I, I feel that I connect to some of this information. And, and if you study the heart math stuff, you know, that's a lot of times where information can be transmitted. Uh, one of the methods you can get it. But it, it, it's as if, the, I, I gave the description to Ray earlier today. It's as if I have all this information in, in my, inside of me. Let me use it that way. And it's the equivalent of amount of an ocean of information in me. But the only way I can get it out is through like this tiny channel. So there's like this backlog. Like I started editing a chapter uh, in Food for the Archons, and it was just it was just a, a little chapter, you know. And it was including to one of the sections of the book. And then this information wave hits me. Eight thousand words later, I'm just about done. And I said it last week. I don't think I can go into it on the show. Not in too great a detail. You've believe me. You've gotten bits and pieces of it, but some of this information that I have, really, the only way to to present it and do it justice is to walk you through the book. Is to is to go through the book. Um, I'm I'm working hard. I feel like I need to get this done as soon as possible. I'm I'm trying my best to get this project out because things are happening all around us that I'm sitting there going, "Hey, this is in the book." I've I've been talking about them, writing about this. Like what I've seen is actually I'm seeing more and more evidence evidence of it now coming out, not just in the conspiracy circles, not just in the independent circles, but a lot of this stuff I'm seeing now coming out in the mainstream. And the way it's connecting is just it makes my head want to explode sometimes. Um, so I, I'm amazed at what is going on, uh, what's unfolding around us. Uh, where to begin. So I want to, this show, I didn't even tell you what I'm talking about on this show. Last week I promised I was going to get into some remote viewing data. And 
Um, there was a guy, his YouTube channel is Technical Intervention. His name's escaped me. He's a remote viewer. I want to connect. He did a remote viewing program, a remote viewing session with his team to look at some of the stuff, specifically the Blue Avians, that Corey Good has talked about. Now, look, if you're new to the show and you're new to this subject matter, it, this is this is going to sound really weird and crazy to you. I, I promise you, stick with it, listen to it. Go back and listen to some of my earlier remote viewing shows. Uh, I need to give that caveat because some of this stuff might sound a little weird, might sound a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to go back and break down what remote viewing is. I've, I've done a lot of shows on that, but I need to give that caveat for my new listeners because I don't want to lose you. Um, but there's previous shows that will explain this a little bit more. This is a wild ride right here. But it all makes sense. That's what's getting to me. Is it, it all makes sense, and it makes sense in a way that I don't know that I can fully express yet. I'm going to try to get it out as best as I can. But I'm going to look at some of the the connections to the Blue Avian stuff and the Corey Good stuff, and the you know, and what David Wilcock has been promoting Corey Good, and and what's going on today, and what they're saying is going to happen. And then Farsight dropped a bomb a couple weeks ago, and I haven't had a chance to fully address it. Their newest mysteries project that's coming out, or that they may have just been released, they remote-viewed Moses and the Ten Commandments. And in hearing, just in the reveal, I haven't even watched the full thing yet, just in the reveal, in what they put out, I'm, I'm just amazed at, at the connections that, that I'm seeing there. And it, it's... My wow factor went up. I... I I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to express it to everybody as clearly and concisely as I can. I feel that, and I said this last week, and this might come across the next couple shows. The information I'm putting out is, is more. I, I'm not trying to be fear-based, but I'm I'm highly concerned with some of the things that I'm seeing. Talk me down, please. Those of you out there, talk me down. But I, I think there are some challenges. I think there's some threats out there. That's why I wrote Food Food for the Archons. Not to scare you, but if we have knowledge and understanding, I think we can, I hope that we can prepare for whatever may be coming. And I'm not trying to be one of these apocalyptic guys. I'm. Re- you guys know me. You know that I don't try to do that, but... Just listen to what I'm going to say on this. I'm seeing some things that are concerning. Side note, I had to stop recording a minute ago. I've had this... I'm getting ready to read one of my news articles. I've had this window open for 45 minutes. The instant I started talking about the Moses stuff and getting ready to talk about the scary stuff, all of a sudden the audio starts playing. What is it with these websites? Now, they're quiet until that gets that right moment and then they start blabbing on me you know i'm trying to cover the news here i swear ai is listening to me and i've been messing with my life lately so we're going to get into that in 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 just a little bit i'm going to go through a couple news stories look i i I gotta i'm just gonna go for I, i gotta warn us i'm very concerned about ai i'm very concerned about tech it's no secret i've done multiple shows on it um you know, Ray Ray turned me on to uh, some something David Icke was saying about 5G. I, I'm going to try to do a show in the next two weeks talking about this in greater detail. Um, but let me leave it at that. I'm concerned about AI and the role it's playing now and the role it's going to play in the future and the role it plays in our past that we may not be aware of. Um, uh, but, but I think... Start thinking of ways to unplug, 
That's that's all I need to say right now. Find ways to unplug and to be able to to still continue to have the same quality of life if you are unplugged. Um, you know, again, that's difficult, especially you know, <laughs> Six Sense Media is a, a, a web-based platform. I'm not saying you have to unplug all the time, but you need to find ways to unplug from time to time and and maybe keep certain things private. Here we go. This comes to us from Bloomberg. Amazon has a top secret plan to build home robots. Prototypes can navigate from room to room like driverless cars. Company hopes to start testing bots in homes later this year. Ten years ago, Amazon introduced the Kindle and established the appeal of reading on a digital device. Four years ago, Jeff Bezos and uh, and company rolled out the Echo, prompting millions of people to start talking to a computer. Now, Amazon.com Inc. is working on another big bet, robots for the home. The retail and cloud computing giant has embarked on an ambitious top-secret plan to build a domestic robot, according to people familiar with the plans. Uh, codenamed Vesta, after the Roman goddess of the hearth, home and family, to the project is overseen by Greg Zare, who runs Amazon's Lab 126 Hardware Research and Development Division based in Sunnyvale, California. Lab 126 is responsible for Amazon devices such as the Echo speakers, Fire TV set-top boxes, Fire tablets, and the ill-fated Fire phone. Okay, You can read this article. I have it in the show notes at SixCentsMedia.net and ServiceChange.com and in the secret newsletter that goes out every Sunday. Um, but it, this is coming. This is not me saying, you know, making some prophecy or some prediction. This is open source, common knowledge. Robots are coming. I have another article I can get to in a minute talking about just how many robots may be coming in our future. Now, I meant to pull it. I don't know if I misplaced it or not. Let me see if I can find I'm going through my email real quick here. Uh, adapting on the fly. I read an article just today. All right. Um... Amazon, it was the Amazon Echo. Uh, let's see if this is it right here. Yep, I'm sorry, Amazon Alexa. This is from yahoo.com. Uh, there was, here comes the title Amazon fixes Alexa bug that let Echo keep listening. Amazon's Echo speeches. Uh, speakers featured a bug that meant the speaker continued to listen to its surroundings. Security researchers found ways to make the device continue listening uh, long after it should have switched off. Amazon said this would not allow the recordings to be passed to hackers, but would have stayed with Amazon itself. Does that make you feel any better? Amazon Echo speakers listen out for the word Alexa, the name of its voice assistant, before completing a command. Like, Alexa... Uh, read, tell me today's news. Any interaction with Alexa is recorded to improve the service, but once the command is finished, Alexa stops recording. Security research from Checkmarks developed an Alexa skill that would keep Alexa listening long after it should have switched itself off and automatically transcribed what it hears for an attacker. When Alexa skill completes its task, it is supposed to stop listening. However, sometimes Alexa doesn't hear a command correctly, which will lead to Echo to ask for the user to repeat it. This reprompt feature could be exploited, the researchers found, and be programmed to carry on listening while multiple Alexa, while uh, muting Alexa's response. The only sign the Echo was still on was the blue light, which normally lights up when Alexa receives a command. So, uh, again, more to this, but... This technology is, I, I, I'd say, vulnerable and listening. Now, we I went through the WikiLeaks stuff, you know, with the CIA and, and 
you know, why does it? Why do you sound like a nut job when you start quoting, when you're saying the words CIA, conspiracy, and government? Why does that make you sound crazy? Why does it make me feel like people start rolling their eyes when I start saying that? This is the reality. You know, go back and look at the WikiLeaks documents. iPhones, they're compromised, just like the NSA compromised it, CIA compromised them as well. So is it any surprise that something like Alexa, a device that's supposed to listen to your voice and learn and help make life easier for you, somebody could constantly listen to the conversations going on in your home? Now you may sit there and say, I've got nothing to hide, what's the big deal? There's just something about privacy. If I have a conversation with my children, if I have a conversation with my wife, what if something gets taken out of context? What if I'm having an intimate moment? And, and and that gets required. I don't want that stuff out there. There's some things that are just private, period. And there's nothing wrong and there should be nothing shameful about saying there's some things I don't want anybody to know other than the people in my home that, that I express it to. But we're leaving ourselves open and vulnerable to this. We received an Alexa as a gift and we never opened it. We donated it. I, I don't want that in my house. It's bad enough I've got a laptop and, and, a, and an iPhone. Okay. All right, we're talking about robots. The robot takeover. This comes to us from The Sun. Bot to the future, robots could outnumber humans in just 15 years and will feel genuine emotions by 2028. We're just a few years away from Droid Doomsday. One expert on the future of humanity says it's a real possibility. There could be more robots than humans on Earth by 2033, according to a leading futurologist. Dr. Ian Pearson says the risks of a robot takeover are very real, and that we're only a few years away from robots having, quote, genuine emotions. According to Dr. Pearson, Earth's robot population will grow to 9.4 billion in the next 30 years and will overtake humanity by the year 2048. But it could happen even sooner. You know, this I'll leave this article here. And one of the things they talk about is the, the increase in sex robots that are uh, on high demand um, and the numbers are continuing to grow with them. And then it gives some statistics on the number of people that are actually afraid of robots. But it's the consumer, us, who are going to allow this technology to continue to grow. If we keep buying them, they're going to keep making them. On top of that, you know, David Icke, I was listening to him today, and I've talked about this before, the Internet of Things. Do you need your washer and dryer and refrigerator and water heater? Do you need that stuff hooked up to the Internet, to the cloud? Because what's happening, and it's not conspiracy theories anymore. These are mainstream people, the people in the industry. They're working on the technology to link your mind to the cloud. So your mind will be linked to the cloud, which is linked to everything. Now, I'm going to give just a little thought for you to ponder. If your mind is connected to an AI, and that AI is connected to the Internet of Things, and everything is connected, number one, what, what does that say about the thoughts in your head at that point? Number two, from your perspective then, that AI could represent itself as an omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent intelligence sounds a lot like god doesn't it what or our what the the standard definition of god i i hate that term god but um it's a difficult one but i'm seeing more and more correlations between what has commonly or traditionally through religion been referred to as god and the powers that god possesses 
and the development of AI. There's a connection there, my friends, and that's part of what's taken me so many thousands of words to try to express in Food for the Archons. I I don't want to get distracted here. Um, More to come on that. I'm just going to give a heading right here uh, from from AP. Construction robots weld, bolt, and lift to beat worker shortage. There's a worker shortage in Tokyo and Japan. And so they're just putting robots in to replace them. Look, jobs are being replaced. I'll have this whole article. I'm moving through it kind of quickly because there's a lot of other things that I want to get to on this episode. I need to direct you to SixthSenseMedia.net. Ray has put up a plethora of stuff. But I want to draw your attention. And this is something I need to, I need to get to. I, I can't get to it tonight. I'm hoping in the next couple weeks I can get to it and, and give it the due diligence that it deserves. But there was a Freedom of Information Act request. Uh, and they were looking at the associated... I'm sorry. They were looking at Antifa protests. They were asking for releases for information regarding, I guess, what the government has learned about Antifa and the protests. And submitted with those documents were some diagrams dealing with mind control weapons. And it got to this huge buzz in the alternative circles for for a couple of days. Um, It's kind of died down a little bit. But Ray did an awesome job compiling a lot of this data. We have the articles. We have the the images at SixthSenseMedia.net. The first article is called FOIA Request Yields Surprising Mind Control Weapon Information. This will be in the secret newsletter. This will be in uh, the show notes at SixthSenseMedia.net and at ServiceChange.com. Uh, it's at sixcentsmedia.net. But Ray does a great breakdown. I want you to read it yourself. Um, the the images themselves don't, and I've only had a chance to glance through this stuff. It doesn't seem as if these images were created by the government. They're, they linked it to some other, uh, let me see. I'm going to get into this another week. Somebody else, here we go, uh, these images appear to have come from Australian alternative magazine called, this is Ray's writing, called Nexus in a 1992 article about a lawsuit brought against NSA by John St. Clair Acuie. In that lawsuit, the plaintiff argued the U.S. government had the capability to create mental illness in people or even assassinate them remotely using such techniques. PM acknowledges the U.S. government has experimented with such technology, citing a New York Times article about a, do- and Ray has links to all this, documentary called Wormwood that describes such a case. Kim concludes these were not, quote, official government documents. So these documents that were released don't seem to be official government documents, but the fact that they were released when somebody was asking about what's going on with these Antifa protesters leads people to wonder, are these technologies being employed against protesters within the United States? Now, what I'm going to say, I did a show called The Trump Effect when Trump was running and there was all this craziness, talking about just the natural electromagnetic field that's generated by the human heart and how other human beings can use our own uh, perception to pick up on and read the electromagnetic signals of others. It's, it's what an empath does, but we all have this ability. I, I've done a, a ton of research on this. That electromagnetic component of our biology is being exploited. There is technology designed to manipulate that electromagnetic field which can interfere with your thoughts, your emotions, and your behavior. I've done, there's a lot of information through my archives. Go look for it. I am going to get more into this in a future show, but I need to at least uh, draw your attention to it. 
this is, I'd say, a must-read. Um, Ray has, on top of that, in this article, he shared several videos. So everything you need is right there. Uh, CNN, Electromagnetic Mind Control Weapons. Uh, one of two. CNN, Electromagnetic Mind Control Weapons. Part two of two. Uh, let's see. The Woodpecker Project Explained. Now, David Icke talked about the Woodpecker Project a while ago. Um, basically, what they suspect is that embedded within our electrical systems, I want to say coming through the lights, they detected a signal that they suspect was had something to do with uh, mind control that the Russians were using uh, on people in the United States. Fascinating stuff. There's another article, Harp and Mind Control, Just the Facts, using extreme ELF, extremely low frequencies. And then there's a bunch of links in here uh, from Ray. He's got stuff on military developments. He's got charts. There's a uh, YouTube video that's already been taken down, U.S. military ray gun, amazing microwave weapon. Ray, they took that one down on us. Um, mind Control, Electromagnetic Frequency Mind Control Weapons, Dr. Patrick Flanagan. There is a ton of content here. Go look at it. I'm going to try to review this all in the upcoming weeks so I can. I need to do another show on this, but I feel that I have covered a lot of this stuff um, in some detail. And then there's the second article that Ray put up there. Uh, it's an ABC News close-up mission mind control. This is from, uh, let's see, back in the 1970s, the American news media still had some independence and a determination to look out for the interests of the American people. One example, this is Ray's article, is this 1979 documentary on ABC News show Close Up, hosted by Paul Altemeyer. The show explored the 30-year history of U.S. intelligence research into mind control through MK Ultra. They were using things like electroshock and LSD. I watched this video today. I, I don't know how to feel. Um, I mean, I've known this stuff is real. I've experienced... Well, through my research, I, I know on a psychic level, I've had the experiences. So I know what the human mind is capable of, what the human psyche is capable of, and I understand that it can be hacked. But seeing this documentary, it, 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 you want a smoking gun, this is it. I, I mean, this this is it. It's not conspiracy theories. It's not kooky stuff. It's not quackery. This is the real deal here. And we seem to have forgotten about this because it was in 1979, but that video is up there, at least for now. Go watch it. We need to be mindful of this stuff because of what's happening with AI. Because of the cell phone that 95% of us carry in our pockets every single day. Because of the smart TVs that are in our homes. Because of the cameras and the microphones on our laptops. It's everywhere. And, and I, I'm, I need to get into the David Icke stuff too when he talks about 5G. Which you think it's everywhere now it's going to be expanded even further. And this is why I'm concerned. This stuff interferes with us, and the stuff is monitoring us. The stuff is learning about us. Facial recognition. I listened to my show last week. I mean, I feel like a broken record right now. I'm not trying to scare you. I know I'm talking about scary stuff, but we need to be concerned. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I think it's pretty hard. I'm dropping my phone here as I'm looking at it. I don't know why. I'm, I'm picking up my phone and yelling at it as I'm doing the show here. I don't know why, what to do yet, because I don't think we can just unplug. We're addicted, we're hooked in. So much of our infrastructure now is built around this. But we need to be mindful in how we're using our tech, and we need to take some time to distance ourselves from it and ground ourselves. I talked about grounding a few weeks ago. 
get grounded to, to help counteract some of the negative side effects of these, uh, the radiation that's coming off of the, all of this technology. Things we need to be mindful of. Let's see, do I want to keep going here? All right, I need to take a breath and, uh, and pause for a minute. This stuff all ties in, and I don't know that I can connect all the dots in such a short amount of time or in, even in a couple of podcasts. I, I know I, I hate to keep giving the plugs. A lot of this is in the book. It's just a journey. You got you to do your own homework. Go back and listen. This is episode, what am I, 141? I, I've got, I forget how many hours and hours of, of just free podcast content out there. Go listen to it. And I want to give a, a, a shameless plug right here, but this is the reality. If you haven't done so already, I haven't. we haven't quite rolled out our newsletter system for Sixth Sense Media yet. I have the secret newsletter at servicetochange.com. You're welcome to sign up for it. Uh, at this point, you'll still be able to read I Am Human for free. That's my free ebook. Somewhere, get your email address to us. And I say that because... That's the, the guaranteed way for us to get you content because Facebook is unreliable. Instagram, Twitter, all the social media stuff is unreliable. Uh, if you want to be able to get our content, um, the other option, you know, subscribe to iTunes, subscribe to SoundCloud. Um, so you have those su- subscriptions and you should hopefully be getting those alerts when I post new stuff up there. But we have information coming out, some things that go out that we can't get out over the airwaves. We can't get into an article quick enough. It'll go in a newsletter that's our best way of communicating as it stands right now. So if you're just waiting to see the occasional Facebook post come up, you may not be seeing all of our stuff. So I just have to give that caveat. I'm sorry for the commercial mid-stride here. Let's move on to what I wanted to talk about, the remote viewing stuff with the Blue Avians and tying that into Moses. Before I do that, as part of my research in Food for the Archons, I came across this the other day and I about fell out of my chair. I'm doing, you know, I'm looking at the, some of the Gnostic writings. You know, obviously I'm talking about the Archons, and that was, came came to us from the Gnostics. And there was a, uh, a book within the Nag Hammadi Library. Nag Hammadi Library, um, you know, was found in the, in the 40s. They, expect, they suspect it's about 1,500 years old. And some of these, some of these texts, the text I'm going to read from in a minute, um, was, they suspect was written around the year 200. Uh, roughly. And this is the book of Zostrianus. Uh, in some brief reading I did, um, they sus- the, the person who translated this says that Zostrianus may be linked to or may actually be one and the same with Zoroaster, who I believe was the first monotheistic god. I know they covered it on Ancient Aliens a while ago. I'm still getting caught up on this. But what Zostrianus did was he was trying to understand this world and he ended up um, transcending the physical and going up and seeing the other realms and the heavens and communicating with angels and, and learning, you know, taking this spiritual journey that so many religious icons have taken throughout text. I mean, Enoch did the same thing, and, and Moses had communication with the gods, and, and I think Buddha had some kind of spiritual whatever. Uh, but, you know, Zostrianos did that. And I compare it to the modern day. Bob Monroe did the same thing. He went up and he met with these other intelligences. He went to the other realms and came back and shared information. And that's what I'm going to get into in a minute with Corey Good. He's allegedly doing the same exact thing. It's important. 
But this this is from the Book of Zosrianos within the Nag Hammadi Library. I want to read this right here. He says, As for me, I did not stop seeking a place of rest worthy of my spirit, where I would not be bound in the perceptible world. Then, as I was deeply troubled and gloomy because of the feeble-mindedness that surrounded me, I dared to act and to deliver myself to the wild beasts of the desert for a violent death. So what's happening here is that he's a truth seeker, like you, like me. Okay, this is 2,000 years old. And he's got the same frustrations. Where I would not be bound in the perceptible world, the world that we conceive. I will not be bound in it. I will not be constrained by the world that I can perceive, because meaning with my five senses, because I know there's more to this. And I'm deeply troubled and gloomy because of the feeble-mindedness that surrounded me. And I, I hate talking that way because I don't want to be condescending. But I know we a lot of us have been there. You come into this information, you're like, oh my gosh, like you you I have to shut my brain off some days because the way your paradigm shifts, the way your world is is ripped apart when you make a connection. And you try talking to somebody else and they're like, oh, did you see dancing with the stars over the weekend? It's like, did you hear what I just said? Physical reality doesn't exist in the way that you think that it does. We may be living in, in some kind of simulation and we're being manipulated by these forces. Of... People don't want to hear it. So I get it. And I read what he's talking about and then what he went through. It just resonated with me. And I wanted to share that with all of you. You know, this, this guy might be one of the, the earliest truth seekers, at least recorded truth seekers out there. And what he says is pretty powerful. I'm not going to go through all this yet because I'm still working through it as I'm putting it into, you know, what's relevant into my book. Um, but I thought that was important to share. I wanted to grab, here I am, I'm prepared again, looking for my Bible here. It's funny, as I, I just reached across to grab my Bible, I have a... Um, a matrix toy of Neo sitting on top of the Bible here. I got to see if I can find what I'm looking for. So that's the quote from Zostrianos, okay? The, the, one of the earlier truth seekers. Now we got to read from uh, some, some different things. Corey Good. I, I broke this story. I didn't break this story, but I broke it on the show probably well over a year ago now. David Wilcox was, you know, really promoting Corey Good. Corey Good claims that he was a part of this secret space program. He says that he was taken when he was a teenager. They used this portal technology. And it's this wild, it's this wild, fantastic story. Um, I'm not going to talk about is it true, is it not true. You can draw your own conclusions if you haven't heard of the guy already. It's easy to dismiss what he's saying because it sounds so out there and off the wall. But it's easy to dismiss, I'm sure, what what Bob Monroe said. And look what he's done with the Monroe Institute. It's easy to dismiss what, let me use the example I'm getting into tonight, the claims that Moses made. I'm in touch with God. And he says, you better free my people or we're going to unleash plagues on you. Like, how, why, who's going to believe that, right? Uh, I don't think the being Moses was in touch with was what it said it was, or what we call God. I don't think that was it at all. And I'll get into that in this, in this show shortly. 
So I don't think we should necessarily discount Corey Good. That doesn't mean that he may believe he's telling the truth. Let me say that. But that doesn't mean that what he's saying is the actual truth. So he says that he says he had this. He was fighting in these wars, like on Mars, and tra- traveling in these interstellar ships that were developed by the the secret space program. Um, and again, that that connects loosely to some of the to the stars stuff that I've talked about. And and something about the cloning technology that they have, like if he's killed, they are able to reincarnate him and bring him back, and then they have some kind of time travel. It's a wild story. You got to go and listen to everything that he's talked about. Um. But then after he was, I think he did like 20 tours, 20 years each. I forget exactly what it was. This crazy number of stuff. But then they send him back to like being a kid again or something. And it was, and and then one day, like they wipe his memory clean, kind of like men in black. And then he's out there in the world and all of a sudden he starts to remember stuff. So that's when all these stories come out. And he says that he's been in touch with this group of aliens called the Blue Avians. That name concerned me at first because when I was going through intelligence school, one of the things that we referred to counterintelligence agents as was Blue Falcons because BF stood for, excuse my language, hold your ears if you don't like curse words, but it stood for buddy fuckers. Uh, BF, Blue Falcon, that's a common term. You call somebody a Blue Falcon, they're a snitch. You can't trust them. They're, They're lying to you. So the fact that he's saying blue avians, I was like, eh, is there a connection there? I honestly don't know. But I was like, that's a maybe a tongue-in-cheek thing that, to mess with people? I, I don't know. Or maybe he's really in touch with these blue avians. Now, according to the remote viewing data that came through with uh, technical intuition on YouTube, these things are real. So I'm, I'm going to go through the notes that I took and listening to him talk. I will have the links to his uh, presentation as well, so you can go and listen to yourself. But Corey Good says he's in touch with these blue avians. He says that there's this there's this energy wave that's coming that's going to raise people's consciousness, and everybody's going to be enlightened. And it's very new agey what he's saying. And I start listening to that and listen to people talk about. It. I'm like, all right, come on now, this sounds just way too new agey. Everything's hunky dory. It just doesn't work for me. So let me just go through what what this guy said about remote viewing the blue avians. He says when he when his his team started to view them, this one particular being, uh, what was its name? I can't find its name right now, but it was like a light frequency up on high. It, it can manifest from a cloud or a vapor, and it has a non-terrestrial feel to it. He says it had a fortifying presence and watchful monitor over a planet. It's like angels on high, watching an es- and it's watching an escaping energetic force or wave presently moving through the solar system. Now, that corresponds with what Corey Good was saying, how there's this energy wave that's coming that's supposed to raise people's consciousness to the next level. It says it's an energetic current that acts as an informational gateway for existing patterns of life on the planet below. That's us. It perceives life on the planet as lesser, like we perceive vegetables as vastly inferior. Not as animal life, not you know, as chimpanzees, as vegetables. We perceive vegetables as mindless, soulless, feelingless creatures. I don't. Um, that sounded kind of snooty when I said it that way. Most people perceive vegetables as just being these 
plant material with no consciousness, no life force whatsoever. I look at the work of Cleve Baxter and I have a whole different appreciation for the consciousness and, and emotions behind nature. Anyway, that's how we as humans are viewed, according to this data, by this blue avian. It's a collective intelligence watching the life below escape the wrath, the wrath of this energetic culling. Now, I'm always talking about the energetic parasites. It's our energy of suffering, of loneliness, of sadness, of fear, that whatever this force is, is craving and is taking from us. And a collective intelligence. Well, that didn't make sense to me years ago. I was reading about the greys having a hive mind until I started studying AI. AI having a collective mindset makes sense to me. It says there's pressure that's built up in the core of the planet, which is now being stifled. There exists the idea of tearing down and destruction of the old before something new can begin. What's going to be torn down, I want to know. As pressure waves expand and rise, inevitable change is occurring. It's sharing an apocryphal message with a spokesman, that spokesman being Corey Good. It's showing itself to the individual in a glowing light, causing the individual to feel space out and mystified. This person is being used, and, and he's, we believe it sounds like the data is talking about Corey Good. He's being used as a religious show pony. And when you listen to, it sounds like a new religion is being formed around Corey Good. When you hear him talk, and people going, when the shift happens and the, the change, and everybody is, it's like saying when everybody's saved, when the rapture happens, when Jesus comes back, it's the same rhetoric. Okay. It's, it, it, the data continues, he's a sincere person being prepared for the attendance of upcoming in, engagement opportunity and the advanced life form interacting with him through thought form process using music and song. It's altering and impeding his personal judgment. He's petrified, scared, and embarrassed, but this process holds him captive, filtering his negative emotions. Again, I'm quoting directly what was said through technical intuition. These aren't my words. This isn't my data. I want to be quite clear about that. He's spoken to in a religious tone, which he interrupts with profanity. It's an upcoming, there's an upcoming opportunity. It's a real threat to his well-being, and he's being argumentative. Okay? That's interesting data. So basically what it's saying is that this force that he's pitching as benevolent, because that's what it's being shown to as him, might not necessarily be benevolent. Are they being led to the slaughter? That's something that's always concerned me. How do we know? Robert Morning's guy said, stay away from the light. When you die, look the other way. The light is a trap. It keeps you coming back for reincarnation. Is this that threat that's out there? I, I don't know, but what I'm going to get into in a minute, it, I just can't deny the, the similarities to it. So the Farsight Institute came out with their new Mysteries Project. And it's remote viewing Moses and the Ten Commandments. So the first, they, and they had several 
parts to that target, and they use three different viewers. During that time, the viewers don't communicate with one another. They don't know what the target is other than the target coordinates. They aren't told what the target is until all three of them are done collecting their data. So what was released by Courtney Brown in the Farsight Institute was the target reveal, which is where he sits on camera and he tells the viewers for the first time, here's the targets you were looking at. So Princess Janae and Aziz are the first two that he's talking to. They're both in different locations. And they, you know, Princess Janae's talking about she perceived this man and he had a staff and the staff was like technological and it had energy behind it, which is very interesting. But what, what really catches my attention is he goes to the next target, next part of this target. Uh, let me go back. So as she's describing Moses and the personalities around him, another personality she describes is, she said, it's like a bird man. It's a man with a bird's head or a bird's face. My first thought was, could it have been Toth? But you also have to think, could it have been Horus, the Egyptian god with the bird head? So that's who she was perceiving during this target in the time of Moses. She's trying to look at Moses and who he was. Not saying Moses was one of those characters, but this is the character that was present during that time. Alright, so the next part of the target, he's, he's coming out of out of uh, the Exodus. And we're looking at chapter 7. He said, he gave some background. He says it was, it was chapter 7, parts 14 to 24, looking at the 10 plagues. He was looking at, the target was to look at what led to the release of the Israelites from Egypt. What caused the first event to happen? So they were looking at the plague that came through. So I'll I'll read some of this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuseth to let let the people go. Get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning. Lo, he goeth out unto the water, and thou shalt stand by the river's brink against he come. And the rod which was turned to a serpent shalt thou take in thine hand. And thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they might serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldest not hear. Thus saith the Lord, In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with a rod that it is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. So this is where Moses is basically threatening. He's like, look, I got God on my side here. Let my people go or else I've got this magic rod that's going to do something. So they were looking at what really happened to, to allow the people to escape, to have the exodus. Okay, And what, according to Courtney Brown, all three viewers saw the same thing. They reported an artificial structure in the air, also known as a UFO, and releasing what they referred to as, what they compared to as chemtrails. Princess Janae said it was a a, a drone, a flying object, releasing chemtrails in the sky. And it killed everything. There was death all around Does that sound like this all-powerful God that allegedly would have the power to just snap its fingers if it even has fingers to, to kill people or to free people? 
No. Not what we've been told the definition of God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnibenevolent. If it's that powerful, well, then it would be able to influence to free the people without having to put drones in the air to release some kind of chemtrail. So Courtney Brown came right out and said it. He said, well, we had ETs back then at that time. That's what you know. his analysis concludes, that this was probably an ET presence at the time. Now, let's make that comparison. Moses communicating with an ET about how to save his people. That ET then released something in the air that killed a lot of people. We've now got Corey Good alleging to be in contact with ETs, telling people they're going to be saved. Is this, is this a pattern, I guess is my question. And can we trust? I mean, obviously there's certain groups when selected who are, are chosen, the Jews in, this, you know, in the Bible, obviously. However, what happened? They wandered the desert for 40 years until everybody that was originally freed died, died off. So is that really salvation? Are, they, are we just being manipulated by another intelligence on this planet that is toying with us? That's not a benevolent God that's going to allow people to die and suffer. That's my opinion. And I'm making this comparison because of everything that I'm seeing right now. I think, you know, I was listening to Grant Cameron last week and he was talking about the floods and how the floods seem to be cyclical. How Graham Hancock in his book Magician of the Gods talked about the flood. And he suspects that these earth changes are cyclical. Could there be an intelligence behind that? If, as I, when I first started doing the show, as I warned we are food for the archons. Bob Monroe said it in his book, every so often they create these major events to cull large amounts of looser energy. Are we at that precipice right now? And I don't know. So I don't want to scare you or jump the gun because we need to take every piece of data that we have and analyze it. We could be fed this information to intentionally to get us to think that way on purpose. Or to get us, as I said on another show, to manifest it. So just by me saying it, I could be causing part of the problem right now. But maybe not. We look at somebody today that has claims to have met a supernatural being and we label them as crazy. But people all throughout the time of the Bible and beyond have had very similar experiences with very similar messages and warnings and things happened. Are we living in those times? And I'm not trying to do an end time show. But are we living in those dangerous times where we're seeing these interventions and what we're seeing now are the stories that are going to be living on for the next generation once history is wiped out again? Is, is that, I mean, that's what goes through my head. Are we living in those times? Are we living in future biblical times? Is, is what I wonder. So I think we need to closely evaluate all that information that's out there. 
And we need to be cautious. And we need to remember, because there's a lot of scary, potentially scary stuff that I talked about tonight. Our true power, our ability to learn things through our intuition and meditation and mindfulness. There's so many things out there that are distracting us. We need to remember to meditate and to connect and to ground yourself and to unplug from technology every single day. Because once you're in that fight or flight mode, it's harder to connect with that true knowledge. And I believe that it's out there. And I believe it's our greatest weapon to know, to learn. I don't even want to say to fight back, to just take change course. So please, keep working on it. Let me know how you're doing. So much more I wanted to say on this, but I'm out of time, my friends. Thank you for listening once again. I'm going to beg you, if you find this information valuable, I need more people listening to this. I'm legitimately concerned, and I think more people need to hear this. If you think you know somebody who's interested, share it with them every week. Share it on your social media pages if it doesn't make you uncomfortable. You know, I took the leap of faith and started talking about this stuff publicly, and I hope that you know you have the courage to do the same thing. Send it in an email, send it in a text, share it on social media, whatever you have to do. If you find this information valuable, please share it to other people who you think can benefit from this because we need to come up with a plan together on how to move forward safely. There is hope. I don't want to peddle fear, my friends. I don't think we are in a hopeless situation yet, but I think we're moving in that direction. That's all the time I had this week, my friends. Don't forget to check us out at sixcentsmedia.net, facebook.com slash the sixcentsmedia, Twitter at six underscore cents underscore media. I'm Dennis Nabby II. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you.